Hello, friends. I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage Podcast, where we talk about what's happening with marriage equality and also, I don't know, Carol Channing or something. Joining me is my partner, James. Hello, James. Hello. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. So, uh, you know, if you would like to hear Defining Marriage, the book, you can jump back to the first 18 episodes of this podcast, or you can go to Amazon and get Defining Marriage as an ebook or a paper book or an audiobook. But for this week, we're going to be talking about the Alabama Supreme Court. I'm sure. You've heard all about them. I have heard nothing. What did they do? Uh, They uh, threw out a challenge to uh, marriage equality. Where'd they throw it? (laughs) They threw it right in the trash can. The Alabama trash can. Is that where the Alabama the Grouch lives? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Before we go any further, I have an announcement to make. Oh. I am very proud to be the first openly gay man to speak on a podcast. (laughs) You might be the second. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, whether I am or not, Sir Elton John told me that I was the first. Um, frankly, I'm just delighted to hear you describe yourself as openly gay, thereby dispelling the rumors. I do it facetiously. (laughs) Okay. So as to promote your YouTube video. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I made a YouTube video last week about, uh, you may have heard Sam Smith said that he was the first openly gay man to win an Oscar, uh, when he won an Oscar for a song. Turns out he's maybe like the 30-something openly gay person, or openly queer person, uh, because there have been bisexuals and, uh, lesbians and possibly trans people that we don't know about, although I'm not aware of any openly trans people. Has Paul Schaefer ever won an Oscar? I don't think so. I don't know if he's gay, but he wrote It's Raining Men, so... Sure, sure. At least he... Honorary. Honorary gay for that. Anyway, so you can you can find that video over my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Matt Baum. Uh, and since I made that video, um, my I've, I've got sort of a partial list on there, but it's been amended with folks like Angelina Jolie, who I'd forgotten was bisexual. And uh, Do not erase Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I know. Do not Jolie erase her from Hackers. <laughs> Do not hit delete. What about the movie Eraser? Is she in that? I don't think so. Isn't that... Um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is yeah. he the Eraser? Not to be confused with Eraser Head. No, although I would love to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in a remake of Eraser Head. Mm. Uh, no, uh, Angelina Jolie is in other movies, but not that one. I also, I confuse that movie Hackers a lot with, what's the Sandra Bullock one where she and Sylvester Stallone are are flopping around? Oh, Judge Dredd? That's the one, yes, Mm. yes. yes. They certainly do flop. They have to have uh, Oculus Rift sexless sex. Yes, just like Barbarella. Well, sort of like Barbarella. Barbarella does it through pills. Mm. Better living through chemistry until Mark Hand, the catchman, uh, slips his Mark Hand into (laughs) Into her her catch woman. (laughs) Uh, this will be a very confusing conversation for people who are not familiar with the film Barbarella, but shame on you if you're not familiar, because it's a great work of art. Or the, the bodily stylings of Ugo Tognacci. Sure, sure. The hairiest man in the West. Sure. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. The Oscars. Alabama. The Alabama Slammer. Oh, of course. They've got this kooky Supreme Court justice down there named Judge Roy Moore, and he uh, doesn't... And I say no more. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so this Roy Moore, Supreme Court Justice, has never really been a fan of the homosexuals. And so there was this challenge to gay marriage working its way through Alabama courts uh, for the last year, since before the Supreme Court ruled. Working its way through in the way that, like, when you eat a lot of cheese and then you have a cold beverage, it works its way through? That is a situation I'm not familiar with. If you are going to have a really thick, cheesy fondue or a really hot melted cheese meal, you want to have beer or some kind of uh, room temperature drink with it. You do not want ice water because ice water will cause it to stiffen. So yeah, I guess working its way 
way through just like that. Oh, kind of, because they were just, I mean, it seems like they were doing their best to ignore it. There was a, a challenge. Uh, just like when you got the cheese in there and you're going, ow, 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 but you don't want to think about it. So Maybe, instead, uh, you just uh, you just start whistling to yourself. Dixie. Whistling Dixie. <laughs> Probably. You wish you <sighs> so, were in the land of cotton. There was this argument that, oh, uh, the Supreme Court can't rule on marriage equality. It's up to the states. And, uh, you know, the Supreme Court um, in, in Alabama, at one point, Roy Moore said, yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, nobody can issue uh, marriage licenses. Al- Alabama, you cannot issue marriage licenses to gay people. The end. Uh, I'm Roy Moore. Good night. And uh, yep. so that was before the Supreme Court of the United States ruled. Uh, and that was generally seen to override the Supreme Courts of various individual states. Mm-hmm. Well, that is why it is the Supreme Court, correct? Yes, it is the federal Supreme Court. The Supreme fact. Court of the United States. So in these states, which are united under one government, which has a judicial branch, yes, uh, that judicial branch can issue rulings, and the state Supreme Courts are, if unless I'm wrong, please correct me if I'm wrong, are under that court, correct? Kind of. So there's state courts and there's federal courts, and they're two separate systems. But generally, there's this thing called the Supremacy Clause that says that federal courts are more important than state courts. Does it also mean that if a Supreme Court justice dies, Tim Allen starts to turn into them and has to take their place? Yes. That is the Supremacy Clause. Oh, boy. That is not a movie that should be made. He is turning into Scalia right now. He is eating lots and lots of tortellini are you suggesting that tim allen killed antonin scalia i i i'm not suggesting anything sir (laughs) you you are putting words in my mouth bibleist words but i am saying that he has been trying on a lot of robes lately and he is getting very familiar with original interpretations of the constitution Mm. yes he can picture when jesus was leaning over the framer's shoulder whispering the constitution into their ear That's what it sounded like. That's And the framers framers of the Constitution were like, what is that noise? But nobody wanted to admit they couldn't understand him. Oh, it's like when someone gets called on in class and they have to pretend like they understood what the whole lecture was about. And they're just vamping. (laughs) Exactly, yes. They just, uh, they go into their soft shoe. What what are we talking about? I don't know. The Supremacy Clause, starring Tim Allen. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so that was a big blockbuster hit uh, dating back to March 3rd, 2013. 15. Then marriage happened at the Supreme Court, and everyone got married, and it seemed like a done deal. But uh, the Alabama Supreme Court was taking a long time to rule on this thing in a final way, and so finally a bunch of conservative groups got together, and they're like, oh, hey, could you just rule on that thing, please? And so they did, and not in the way that the conservative groups probably wanted them to rule. Uh, But it did give Roy Moore an opportunity to write a lot of terrible things about homosexuals. Mm -hmm. So that's always fun. Like fan fiction? Yeah, yeah, slash fiction involving his favorite gays, uh, Paul Schaefer and (laughs) and Sam Smith. And Tim Allen. And Tim Allen. Oh, let's throw throw the three of them together. Okay, so... uh, uh, here's some I've, I've taken, I've collected on this piece of paper uh, some of the things that Roy Moore had to say in his ruling, which is 170 pages long. Oh. Uh, the ruling that the, this, this legal challenge to gay marriage has no business in court, uh, that was thrown out in 11 words. Ah. Uh, Roy Moore's ruling, his dissent, 
170 pages. Hmm. Early in the in his uh, ruling, uh, he criticizes the Obergefell decision, the one that legalized marriage equality, mm-hmm. uh, for um, being too feelingsy. Okay. Uh, he says specifically, quote, The opinion appeals more to emotion than law, reminding one of the 1974 song Feelings by Morris Albert, which begins, Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Well, this is clearly a man with a vast cultural knowledge <laughs> that he's drawing upon in order to make these connections. Yeah, that's 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 an obscure one. You have to go to a lot of law school before they get to Albert Morris. Sure. Is he going to... Uh, cite- Morris Albert, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, is he going to cite Misty in here? <laughs> Wait, from... Uh, Play Misty for me. Uh, so the Misty that I'm thinking of is from Pokemon. Yes. He is going to quote Misty. Um, <laughs> I don't know what she said. Togepi give us a kiss <laughs> sure mm-hmm. uh he went on later he says uh this is a longer one homosexuals who seek the dignity of marriage must first forsake the sexual habits that disqualify them from admission to that hallowed institution okay so marry a woman if you're a guy and yeah. marry a man if you're a lady yeah knock off those sexual habits uh-huh. that disqualify you from uh, marriage he says surely more dignity attaches to participation in a fundamental institution on the terms it prescribes than to attempt to rest its definition to serve inordinate lusts that demean its historic dignity. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, complicated sentence, but he's saying that it's more dignified to have, for gay people to have heterosexual sex, sham sex, than uh, to try to get uh, married to the people they love. Sure, but I mean, that is how it's been for hundreds of years, That's right? True. I mean, Oscar Wilde married a lady and had a, had a baby. Yeah, it could be bisexual, we don't know, and we, we know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the hub in the historic order of things, so I guess there's a certain dignity to doing like Oscar Wilde did. He was the most dignified, wasn't he? Uh, Roy Moore says, A disgrace to human nature cannot be cured by stripping the institution of holy matrimony of its inherent dignity and redefining it to give social approval to behaviors unsuited to its high station. Sodomy has never been and never will be an act by which a marriage can be consummated. Okay, so back to that old chestnut of uh, because the hoo-hoo's not going in the ha-ha, it's not really a marriage. Because that's because marriage fundamentally requires uh, the hokey-pokey of the penis in the vulva. That is so similar to the kind of language that Scalia would have used. No. Uh, yes, that was the You precedent. put the argle in the bargle and you shake <laughs> it all about. That was the president established by hoo-hoo versus ha-ha in 1973. While yeah. they were listening to feelings? Yes. Uh, hoo hoo ha-ha is still very controversial. I suppose it is. Well, I know what side you come down on. But the human being, he says, mm-hmm. as a dependent creature, is not at liberty to redefine reality. Instead, as the Declaration of Independent States, a human being is bound to recognize that the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are endowed by God. Those rights are not subject to a redefinition that rejects the natural order God has created. Did you know that? Did you know that you're bound to recognize that those rights come from God? Well, to be fair, the Declaration of Independence does say endowed by their creator. It now, does. it does not say God. I was created by an accident of uh, sperm and egg coming together, and that has produced me. So my creator is uh, is a is a cell and another cell that collided um, fortuitously for me. But not me. Ugh. And I guess uh, that collision has endowed me with certain rights. Uh, it also did not give me a list of things I can't do. That's a good point. My creator did nothing but give me lists of things I cannot do. No. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, everybody has their own uh, has their own creator, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, of course, presuming that Roy Moore's God is 
the god of the Declaration of Independence and the god that that, that is sitting in judgment of everything. I thought Alanis our co- Morissette. Um, I thought the Constitution said he can't do that. Yeah, Constitution's Constitution. By taking his version of God and saying that that is where rights and responsibilities come from uh, legally, mm-hmm. is that not the very definition of establishing religion? Sure, it certainly seems that way. I mean, he doesn't just say the God of your choice. He just says by God and. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that he was removed from office once over that debate about the putting the Ten Commandments on the lawn, uh, we can probably guess which god he's talking about. Yeah, I think so. He's probably not talking about Baphomet. Probably not. Um, although, I mean, y- you know, God bless the Church of Satan, because this is the kind of shenanigan that uh, their actions, I-, I think, really lay bare. That, you know, when, when people want to say that uh, laws come from God and rights and responsibilities come from God, well, which god? Because the Constitution says you're not allowed to pick one as the as a state official mm-hmm. so could it be thor because he looks pretty hunky in those thor movies feeling rather thor myself oh dear anyway yeah so that's among the uh let's see what else have we got oh this is a fun one he said uh this is more roy more business mm-hmm. uh, man considered as a creature must necessarily be subject to the laws of his creator for he is entirely a dependent being now that was not exactly roy moore talking that was roy moore quoting william blackstone mm-hmm. in commentaries on the laws of england okay so his legal philosophy boils down to god says so yeah essentially All i mean right. that that makes things very easy for us doesn't it i mean he's kind of a lazy judge mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's like oh you don't have to think about it god says so sure as something that's been created you have to listen to your creator and i happen to know exactly what he meant what a relief mm-hmm. that we've got roy moore here who uh heard the the whisperings of jesus and he said aha part of the natural order is the institution of marriage as the union of a man and a woman it's clearly what jesus just whispered to me uh, sure i mean you know not to go down this primrose path but what about you know marrying your rapist if your husband dies marrying his brother marrying your slaves um yeah all that you know, stuff. the concubines that you can have if your wife won't have a boy i mean he does like he goes on there to cite uh genesis therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh i mean gee whiz he's just like saying the bible is the ultimate authority so what do we need judges for well we need to elevate them to high priests yeah uh, and uh, maybe they can get special hats and we can call them pharisees and then when Jesus comes back, he can uh, flip their tables over and cast them out because that is exactly what uh, Jesus didn't care for. Judges telling people they knew what God wanted. James, there's no way we could know what Jesus did or didn't want. <laughs> no no recorded evidence of <laughs> Jesus' desires, particularly as it pertains to moneylenders and Pharisees. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Uh, what else does he have to say here? Let's see. Uh, Roy Moore says, uh, the great sufferers will be the children, deprived of either a paternal or maternal presence who are raised in unnatural families that contradict the created order. Sure. Now, how many um, rulings against interracial marriage could you dig up that say essentially the same thing? Lots. That the real uh, victims here are the children who will grow up without an identity and subject to the prejudices of society and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I mean... Grow up deprived of a heritage. And that's another reason that, uh, I mean, it was... 
staggeringly recently uh, that a lot of states uh, overturned rules that said um, you could only adopt children of the same race. Right. And also, what about single parents? Obviously, them. in many cases, it's not an ideal situation, but we don't say heterosexual single parents. You know, similarly, the real victim is the child. I'm glad you brought single people up mm-hmm. uh, because uh, elsewhere in his ruling, uh, Judge Roy Moore uh, kind of goes off the rails and starts complaining about uh, the Griswold case. Uh, which uh, from was- National Lampoon? Yes, yes, about uh, uh, going to Wally World. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the Griswold case uh, is sadly very serious and involves uh, contraception. Ah. Uh, essentially, it uh, said that states could not prohibit single women from obtaining contraception. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, some states said, uh, if you want to use a condom or birth control, you, you have to be married. Oh. Sorry, ladies. Mm-hmm. If you want to use birth control, you got to get your husband to, to say it's okay. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea there is that uh, women shouldn't be having sex, mm-hmm. aside from in the context of marriage, right? Yeah. He says, Venturing beyond the sacred precincts of marital bedrooms, the court anointed with constitutional protection the use of contraceptive devices by the unmarried, setting its seal of approval upon fornication. Right, and the reasons for that are purely religious, of course. You could make the case that sex outside of marriage can result in unplanned pregnancies, and those can result in negative social consequences. However, a solution to that is contraception. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, he literally in the ruling said, man, it really sucks. These are not his exact words. Man, it really sucks that uh, people can get contraception just wherever they want, that, that, that you can get a, a condoms. It's specifically cited uh, obtaining condoms in bathrooms as an example of, like, the founders would be aghast that uh, that this is allowed today. I don't know. Benjamin Franklin, from what I understand... Uh, <laughs> He'd have loved it. Yeah, he could he probably could have used a few condoms in bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, is actually the inventor of the condom dispenser, the bathroom condom dispenser. If those guys were around today, they would be so thrilled. For, well, for, first of all, they'd be really so uh let's move them through time like quantum leap style except with their bodies so not quantum leap style body yes bill and ted style so uh, a phone booth goes back and picks them up in the the late 1700s and brings them back here they're gonna be so excited about viagra that we have viagra and that we and that girls don't get pregnant I know, I know. Can you imagine the founding fathers would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This is, this is paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, not their grandparents or their great-grandparents, not the Puritans. Yes, they left Europe looking for a place to practice their religion without other people interfering, but the reason for that is that uh, they were so extreme and so detested throughout Europe that they were thrown out of every country they went to. Oh. So they had to go to a country without any government that could throw them out. They're like Charles Guiteau, the guy who assassinated President McKinley, who uh, uh, was hated so much he was thrown out of a cult. Yeah, yeah his nickname in the cult was Charles Get Out. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was kind of the approach to the pilgrims. The pilgrims were unwanted everywhere they went because they were so intolerant and extreme in their uh, religious lunacy. Um, and unfortunately, they planted the seeds uh, that sprouted in Roy Moore's loins. Now, people are always saying when presidential campaigns are happening, I'm going to move to Canada. I don't think moving to Canada has ever seemed more attractive than it has in the last few weeks. Because of Trump? Oh, all the all the stuff. I covered the debate, the incredible Republican debate that last weekend, where they're talking about penis size, and everyone's mm-hmm. shouting at each other and eating things off each other's faces. And <laughs> boy, oh boy, it was just a horrible fist fight. And then um, tonight, the night that we're recording this, there was a Democratic debate, and it was like, oh, oh, look, this is what it's like when adults talk. God, I'm just so scared. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared. 
I think you have reason to be. The the Trump toothpaste is out of the tube, so he probably isn't going to win. I mean, you look at you look at the numbers, he probably isn't going to win, though I think he might come way closer than anyone's comfortable with, and there is an outside chance. In California, we, we kept saying that, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what a joke, he's never going to win, he's never going to win, oh, whoops, it looks like he might win, oh, he won. But I think Trump is just the first Trump. Uh, we are going to see more and more people using reality TV tactics Uh, in presidential elections, in Senate elections, congressional elections, and they're going to make actual politicians um, and, you know, people who actually have experience and qualifications just look boring and inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if they just go up there and do a reality TV shtick, that's going to come across as real. And somebody who is being careful with their words is going to come off as a big phony. And I think we're going to see more candidates like that, and they're going to start winning. And eventually we will have a Trump. (sighs) On both sides. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, um, Al Franken, bless his heart, is entertaining and an actual good legislator. But uh, who knows? Uh, Kim Kardashian is a Hillary supporter, so she might run for office next time. Oh, I think it's only a matter of time before there's a Kardashian in office. Good. And it's going to be a thing where everyone's like, oh, what a joke. Ha ha. Oh, wait, what happened? Yeah. You know, and again, this is just, uh, this is another example of why I feel like Canada's doing things so much better than we do, because they can, you know, they they don't like what their their chief executive is doing. They can call vote of no confidence. And so, I mean, I'm not, not to say that this protects Canada from terrible politicians, because God knows they've had some terrible PMs, but, you know, looming over an executive's head is the idea of, like, if we can't get our act together and, and be effective governors, then uh, someone else is going to come along and replace us. You know, it's not like a, there's a contest every four years for who can be the most exciting kitten. You know, there's always an ongoing, if you're not good enough, you'll get replaced. And that's the plot of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace in Canada, not here, because we can't float in on our little pod and say... I call for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum's leadership. That's uncanny. Uh, Listeners, I should add that James is wearing a 50-pound wig on his head right now to uh, assist in his delivery of the Padme uh, patois. It does get someone into the tone of voice. It's like Natalie Portman is sitting right here with me. I will not differ. I need... What is it? I don't know. I've come to resolve this attack on our sovereignty now. I can't believe you've forgotten that line. The most memorable line in all of Star Wars? I will not differ. I have come to resolve this attack on our sovereignty now. We recently watched episode one in preparation for seeing uh, The Force Awakens and uh, really uh, impressed on us how terrible that movie is. I was going to try to bring up something good about it, but... uh... Go ahead. Go go ahead and try. Oh, I, I know something good about it. That in that scene, the Padre scene, mm-hmm. in the stands, this the, the stands that are shot from very far away are models and they used... Wasn't it Q-tips? Colored Q-tips. Q- colored Q-tips are the actual like spectators standing there in the stands in the model. That's pretty neat and for half the movie ewan mcgregor is a colored q-tip yeah you'd never know he, they, they meant to replace him but then they were like it's better this way and then they ended up putting a q-tip on the jedi council no, is that one God, with the neck right. that just yeah. sways back and forth yeah i always thought of him as kind of a skillet but you're right uh, hmm. yeah he's kind of a gray q-tip isn't he yeah and it's really and he's a qt <laughs> yes there's that deleted scene where it cuts to yoda and the guy's like head is kind of buried halfway into his ear yeah <laughs> Sorry, that was too disgusting. How reproduce I do. <laughs> yes, the dignity of my marital chamber. And then Amon says, not mm. every species has genitals in the same place. Yes, genitals always. 
nobody has downloaded this for the purposes of hearing yeah. an obscene phone call from Yoda. Oh, help you, I can. <laughs> Judge me by my size, you too. Please. So, obviously, we're going to cut all of this. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know where, how far back I'm going to have to go to find a good edit point so that the listeners don't have to listen to the last probably mm. 20 to 30 minutes of you <laughs> hyperventilating like Yoda. <laughs> and so, that having been said, mm-hmm. uh, do we have any other business to attend to? There was the Australia stuff. Tell me more. What is that? Oh, uh, it's uh, this continent that uh, where England sent a lot of its prisoners uh, in like the olden times. And that made Olivia Newton-John. Yes. The descendant of, of prisoners. Her creator is a criminal. Mm. The point is, Australia still does not have marriage equality. And there was a big fuss uh, in this past week because someone was like, oh, if we have an election this year, uh, we'll vote on marriage. We'll, we'll send it to the, to the voters to, to vote on in something that is called a plebiscite. Do Australian citizens consider themselves plebs? I suppose they must. Or I mean, plebs? That's certainly one of the least insulting ways I've heard to refer to them, so... Uh, oh. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, um, so they may have a vote, or they may not, because then that person walked it back, so we have no way of knowing. Are kangaroos allowed to vote? Uh, in fact, they are the only ones allowed to vote. Oh, they have forked penises, don't they? Ugh, marsupial genitals are weird. Tell me about kangaroo penis. No, marsupial, well, kangaroos and um, wombats and koalas. and uh, Yeah, they, so they have um, sort of uh, forked dicks, and the vaginas are... Uh, more labyrinthine than uh, most other mammals. So are there gay kangaroos? Yes. Yes, you're looking at one. (laughs) I thought you were a giant mouse. Oh, it changes day to day. (laughs) Um, Listeners, thank you as always for listening. You can get in touch and let me know your thoughts on the show at Matt Baum on Twitter. You can also review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And you can get the book Defining Marriage on Amazon in print and download and audio format. You can also find my podcast, The Sewers of Paris, uh, which last week was a lovely chat with Louis Vertel, America's sweetheart, uh, about wonderful lady actresses and quiz shows and all that stuff. Uh, and until next time, by the power vested in me by the internet, I now pronounce this podcast over. Well, we do have a bunch of wizard paraphernalia.